thousand feet. Barren, strange fruit. Blood on the leaves. And blood at the roots. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. everyone happy friday um i hope that all of you guys this week was amazing i hope that it was productive and i hope you guys were blessed in some way shape or form this is your host i am shay i probably should have said that before i said happy friday but anyways um i am your host um shay and this is the technically this is like the fifth episode of proverbs and politics but this is actually the second episode of proverbs and politics if you haven't noticed i deleted all my episodes or at least the last three except for the first one um so if you guys are wondering why it's because i absolutely hated and i mean hated hated i cringe every time i listen to the episodes i couldn't i could never get through a full episode um and I just hated the direction, you know, I just hated it. It was horrible. And I think that um, God, the father, his heart is very specific and he has something he wants to say. And he has something he is saying um, regarding politics, regarding culture, regarding all of that stuff. And I think that I want to be very keen and very in tune to what he's saying. I don't just want to kind of go like with a structure, like a a. a, a a structure made by myself because as you can see I feel like I failed horribly it did fail horribly um I mean it wasn't necessarily a failure people still tuned in but like I said I feel like God's heart is saying something specific and then there's a certain way that he wants me to do it and I think that allowing God to navigate um his vision his goal for the podcast um I think that the flow will just be much more better uh, or much more, but it will be much better. Uh-huh. Um, 
so yeah so thank you guys i just want to be kind of like vulnerable with you guys um and let all of you know that um but yeah so if you're wondering why i'm uploading on friday this was definitely not intentional i didn't intend to upload until tuesday um but i wanted to something happened um more specifically a man was lynched as you saw um by the title and I say that because the innocent man, um, Nathaniel Woods, was executed by lethal injection at 9.01 p.m. by um, the state of Alabama. More specifically, um, the, let's see, yep, he was 44 years old. He was killed by the, he was killed at the William C. Holman Correctional Facility in Atmore, Alabama. Um, so if you aren't familiar with this case, for some time now, um, the family of Nate um, or Nathaniel, Nate for short, has been trying to raise awareness about this case um, and get public attention. Um, recent, but more recently, in the last couple of weeks, more more specifically, the start of this week, we start to hear more and see more on social media, on the news, from his family, um, asking people to revisit this case. Um, so just to give some background information, in 2004, three police officers were um, murdered by Carrie Spencer, the co-defendant of the trial, in the case of the trial, whatever, however you want to say it. Um, and he and Nate Woods were convicted on four counts of capital murder. So um, first of all, rest in peace to those officers. Um, condolences and prayers to their families, of course. Um, in no way, you know, at all was their murders justified, anything like that. Um, but yeah. Um, furthermore, Carrie Spencer has said, has confessed, did confess that um, Nate was not a part of the murders. Um, that he what, he did not shoot them. Um, he, this was not like some type of conspiracy or plan. But instead, Nate was simply wrong at the wrong place at the entirely wrong time. Um, basically, him, um, there was like, a, I believe it was an apartment. Oh, no, it was an apartment. Um, but there were drugs involved and there was other crimes and stuff going on. So, of course, naturally, the uh, police officers got involved. Um, and a horrible, horrible tragedy happened. And actually Alabama governor KIV said that there's no evidence to just to suggest that Nate Woods was an innocent an innocent bystander nor did he try to stop the murders um but I think that one t one thing people forget two things people forget the first one is that freezing or going into shock is a valid and a very real response our brain has it is a communication that our brain sends to our body in the light or in the midst of traumatic um situations much like fight or flight um it just depends on your brain on the situation um if your brain tells you to oh my god stop run and in, in front of the police officers then hey that's what he would have done um if his brain told him to flee then that's what he would have done but for a lot of people more um more people than little our brains when we're in the midst of something traumatic happening to us we freeze, we stop, 
we don't know what to do. Um, it happens to women in the midst of sexual harassment. It happens to people who witness um, brutality or violence of any sort. Um, and, and it gets the best of us in any situation. Again, I'm not justifying the or excusing the murder of those three men. I'm just telling you that Nathaniel Woods um, was not the gunman. Um, and most likely what his brain said to his, his body during that time which like I said studies have shown that it's a it's a very real response um in the midst of trauma or in the midst of chaos um so when Governor Kay Ivey who was a woman um who recently actually just signed into legislation about a year ago um anti-abortion a pro-life bill honoring life um she refused um she she didn't intend either to exercise her powers of um commutation um or reprieve in this case so she has the right to grant clemency at any time before an execution is carried out um she determined that based on her view of the case um and the matters presented in the letter um that the woods family presented to governor ivy um that clemency was unwarranted despite the shooter actually confessing that this man has no reason to die. You know, I mean, being accomplice, being there, I mean, and not intervening, intervening in a situation like that. I mean, yes, you know, and, and for some people in some cases and in some eyes of the court, it may warrant jail time. Um, but the whole point was that death was un very unwarranted in this case. Execution, the death penalty. Um, so, um, you know, as supporters were calling for Governor Ivey to grant a reprieve, grant clemency to him, there was also a petition started with 91 that garnished over 91,000 signatures. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. III um, reached out to multiple senators representatives um you had celebrities all over social media raising awareness and actually a stay um a um supreme court justice clarence thomas issued issued a temporary stay um temporary stay in the minutes the last minutes leading up to the execution of woods um so um yeah um and he was murdered by lethal injection so i want to talk to you all about exactly what the death penalty and what mass incarceration what all of this stuff means why we call it and i know that we have um credited michelle alexander for coining the term new jim crow but um actually there is a death there a death <laughs> there is a um a book that her um that her book was based on that was inspired from um so forth um which i definitely um anyways we're not even gonna talk about that but that's a whole child. That's a whole nother episode. But um, we credit Michelle Alexander for coining the term the new Jim Crow as it pertains to the criminal justice system and 
as it pertains to the prison industry, industrial complex, and so forth. Um, if you guys don't know, more men are currently incarcerated, more black men are currently incarcerated than there were black men in slavery. Furthermore, if you don't, another fact you may not know is that black and Latino men are more likely, are the, are, are the, are the majority of people who are incarcerated, who are in jail, prison. Um, and even though black people make up only 13% of the population, 41.7% of black of inmates on death row are black men. Um, so when you look at the population and then you look at the amount of men who are incarcerated, um, you see that there is a huge gap um, and a very disproportionate ratio. So, um, and furthermore, one out of nine men on death row it has have been found to actually be been innocent um after their execution or who have been granted clemency so forth um yeah one out of nine men are actually innocent so um the reason why we call this the new jim crow is because what america has done it has taken the principle has taken the goal has taken the mission um of white supremacy during segregation, during Jim Crow, during slavery, all of that entire era, and it has formulated a way to dis- not. It's not. I can't even say disguise because it's blatant at this point. What they've done is they formulated a new way to therefore further oppress and create a new way, a form of slavery, um, and segregation and Jim Crow through the prison industry. So if you don't know exactly what the prison industry is, um, it actually overlaps the interest of um, government and prison. Um, And one of the problems with it is, is that people see the prison, they see it as a actual method or solution to economic, social, and political problems. Um, and it's actually, if you want to get more specific, um, the prison industrial complex is a term used to describe the overlapping interest of government and industry that use surveillance, policing, and imprisonment as solutions to socioeconomic issues. Um, so that first line, overlapping interest of government industry. Um, we know that the government directly participates um, and further enforces because when you think about the three branches, we have judicial, legislative, and executive. Um, legislative branch, the government, Congress, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, um, enforces laws, right? Enforces legislation. And so, therefore, they directly enforce and continue to make bills and make decisions, um, which continue to push the interest of white supremacy. Um, overlapping interests, like I said, of government industry. We know that racism... Um, is a systematic, therefore making it making it an industrial problem. This is not just a simple thing of calling people and you know the n word or you know discriminating someone or not wanting to be around someone. This is racism is a foundational is the foundation along with classism um, of the United States of America and which is intertwined in every other major industry 
any other major institution that goes for health care, that goes for education, that goes for housing, that goes for public benefits, whatever it is, racism is involved. Racism has been is what it's built on is race. And through it is how racism prevails. So mass incarceration is just one of those things. Um, and keeping in mind those statistics, when we think about Nathaniel Woods, um, oh, and this is actually the second thing I wanted to bring up. Like I said, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey mentioned, well, he was no innocent bystander. Um, but I wanted people to keep in mind and be compassionate towards the fact that whenever black men are involved, whenever black men involve themselves or in somewhere connected to um, any type of wrongdoing, any type of crime, anything, anything that will eventually end up in the hands of the law, they never leave the situation unscathed or untouched. We look at Corey Wise, um, one of the exonerated five, formerly known as the Central Park Five. He simply went down to the police station with his friend just to offer support, just so he wouldn't have to go alone. And what happened? He ended up getting the, the brunt end of punishment. Unjustified punishment. Out of all the boys, he went through it the worst. So think about situations like that. And there are plenty, there are many more where black men are forced in uncomfortable and traumatic situations. And though they may not necessarily, and though they may not actually be guilty, you are always dealt with the thought because I was just in proximity. I'm screwed. If I do, I'm screwed. If I don't. Um, so um, I want to take a look at the, I want you guys, I want to, I want us to take a look at the prison industrial complex, um, mass incarceration. Um, if you guys don't know the 13th amendment, when the 13th amendment was passed, it actually states, um, that slavery and involuntary servitude are legal, except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been dully convicted. So y'all, <laughs> tell me what that sounds like. So it says, slavery and involuntary servitude are illegal except for the punishment for crime, right? So that means, oh, we can't, you can't be slave, you can't be enslaved unless you do something wrong. But we know that our criminal justice system is already rigged and already set up to like, what did I say before? You're screwed if you do. You screwed if you really did it. So therefore, the, Amer the American justice system has formulated a way to still form a type of slavery that I think is nearly is just as insidious, just as demonic and just as the same level of terrorism that slavery was. So, even though black people com um, um, comprise only 13% of the American population, like I said before, black um, people are still six times more likely, likely to be incarcerated than white people. Um, so, there's just a disproportionate. Um, so, as you can, you can see how directly, how that's a loophole for our system. Um, so furthermore, um, another thing people don't know is that prisoners are least, um, 
to private companies for mandatory labor. So what does that mean? That means you're literally like, oh, so this is this is where like the complex part comes in, the overlapping interest of industries and government, because it's basically like the saying the government saying, oh, here you go. Here's some inmates to do some labor for you, but they really don't get paid. They really aren't able to make a living a living wage. And not only that. In the 13th Amendment, because you um, like I said, you it's illegal to involuntary, uh, involuntary, involuntarily um, enslave someone. But if they are once again in prison in jail, then they're technically property of the state. What the heck does that sound like? <laughs> what does that sound like? You know, and then if you've ever even watched a document, uh, a documentary, you will see that a lot of prisoners live in inhumane um, conditions and. A lot of times those officers, those correctional facilities, even just in the living conditions, are denying those people of actual their human rights. Um, and, and they don't get paid much. That labor, you know, when they're leased to private companies and private industries, those corporations are making huge profits. And those prisoners are making any, aren't making anything. Um, there was actually a post that went viral, viral on social media that said um, at, one, at one facility, it costs 20 cents for an inmate to read. If you want to read, it's going to cost you to read. It de- the prison industry dehumanizes people, specifically dehumanizes at a larger rate black and brown bodies. Um, whew. So in all these things, you can see how slavery was never abolished. It was truly just enforced in another way, um, another through another system. Um, but I say all this to, to talk about Nathaniel Woods. Um, and I want to bring it back why this is called the yesterday a man was lynched. Because just as slavery has become legal in another form, lynching. And the innocent murder of black men have become made legal as well. And I truly do believe that man was lynched. Um, her name was Kimberly Chisholm. She was a sister of one of the officers. She reached out to news outlets and to multiple people involved in the case and said, please don't kill this man. He's innocent. He did not kill my brother or, none of the, or the other two men involved. A sister of one of the officers defended the innocence of Nathaniel Woods. The sister of one of the victims defended the innocence of Nathaniel Woods. And they still killed this man. And the mockery of justice that happened to... They didn't... I mean, you... you just... I mean, just moments... After Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas denied the temporary stay, they killed that man. How evil, how disgustingly pompous and arrogant do you have to be that you only could wait mere moments to end a man's life? It was a spit in the face of justice, it was a mockery. 
It was demonic mockery. You people want to stand up and you have so much to say? Well, we're going to kill him anyways. And and the time lapse. And there wasn't barely even a time lapse. We're going to make sure he's dead. You know, that's what it was. We're going to make sure he's dead. We're going to kill him. Like, right now. You know, I can't even really convey it in speech or in language. But I hope you all get my sentiments of, of trying to convey, you know, of what they were doing. Um, by killing him in such in, in such short time span, um, but as it pertains to America, every country, every every European nation, um, all of, all of them, their hands are dipped in blood, dipped in blood, um, and specifically, like this is why I say this is why, um. I, I, this is why I say that America are hypocrites when it comes to the Middle East, when it comes to, you know, the fact that they killed um, the military leader of Iran and, and tried to justify, I mean, Democrats, independents and Republicans alike tried to justify his murder. He's a terrorist. This is terrorism. Black people are living in terrorism every single day. Black and brown people are living in terrorism. White supremacy has been terrorizing black and brown people since the day it came in contact with them. This is not normal. Just a this is this is terrorism. Like to be a black person in America is to live in constant terror. And I and don't get me wrong, God has not given us a a, a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and of love. But God also gave us voices, he gave us gifts, and he gives us wills and courage and boldness. And the church, we have been stuck in this complacent place, you know, of idolizing the civil rights movement and all that good stuff. And, you know, we want to talk about the prophetic all day and speak in tongues and miracle signs and wonders. Do you know what a miracle it would be? For all of the, for the church as a collective body to become invested in social justice. God is a God of justice. He's just in all of his ways. Why wouldn't the church be the same way? And this is why, you know, that same woman, the same governor who signed into signed an anti-abortion law. Um, and again, disclaimer, I'm not saying that abortion is right. I believe the Bible. I believe in all human life, which is why I'm so passionate about Nathaniel Woods and countless other black and brown bodies. But don't you dare tell me you are pro-life and you are okay with thousands, with, with the blood being shed of thousands of poor white people uh, 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 and a black and brown people. Don't you dare be pro-life. If you can't, if you are not pro-life from the womb to the tomb, if you can't shed tears and pray fervently for the kids at the border, just like you do of all the un- unborn babies at Planned, Pre- at Planned Parenthood, then don't you dare say that you are pro-life. You evangelical Christians, because majority of you are white, just as the gospel talks about abortion and gay marriage, it speaks 
passionately about the least of these. It speaks passionately about the marginalized. Jesus Christ spoke passionately. He was one. He was a black man wrongly murdered. So don't you dare put your nose in the air and have the and have the gall and the nerve to talk about pro-life. And if you and even black Democrats and even Democrats who claim to be liberal, let me tell you something. Anyone who stands on the side of neutral uh, of, of being neutral, who shows partiality to the wicked, you are on the side of the oppressor. And that's just is what it is. There is blood on America's hands. There is blood on America's hands. And America should repent. We talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. The reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was shrimp because of their sexual immorality. First of all, let's be clear. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of their pride. Because they oppressed the marginalized. If you go back and read the text correctly, you'll see that they fell because of their arrogance. And that the sexual immorality was not the bigger picture, but it was just a result of their pride. Sodom and Gomorrah, God didn't just look down and see sexual immorality. Oh, I'm going to destroy the land. God saw the root of the issue of the sexual immorality, of the wickedness, and it was because of the pride, it was because of the injustice, and the Bible says it clearly, and that is why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And lest America repent. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 and 8, whoever sows injustice will reap calamity and the rod of his fury will fall. It is not my wish, nor the heart, nor the wish of any true intercessor, any Bible believing saint to see anyone perish because God does not wish to perish. But let us be clear that God is not on the side of America. America due to its crimes against people of color, specifically black people, America, due to its exploitation of the poor, America, due to its oppression and its hatred for women, America, due to its foundation on white supremacy, imperialism, which influences and flows throughout every major institution or industry. Will have to answer. Will have to answer. For the things that it's done to the disenfranchised and the marginalized communities of this country. And any other country who has participated, who has aided, or is founded on the same foundation will have to answer. America is a hypocrite. How dare we talk about other countries being corrupt when every single day there is a group of people who live in terrorism at the hands of its own government and its own systems and its own industries and its own institution. How dare America. Rest in peace to Nathaniel Woods. He is innocent. He was innocent. Condolences and prayers for his family.
church, it is time that we get back on the wall. Out of intercession, I don't care what anyone tells you, intercession and prayer and fasting are the keys to the breakthrough of multiple of people, of places, of things, of problems. But in our intercession, God is trying to birth out of us solutions. God is trying to birth out of us conviction. All these white evangelicals, if you feel the conviction of God concerning abortion and gay marriage, you should feel you should feel the conviction of God concerning black and brown children, black and brown bodies, black and brown people, black and brown women. But I believe that there will come a time that the church, the church has truly, she has better days to see. Um, I truly believe this. You know, you can't preach God's God's wrath without his grace. Um, You know, because like I said, Proverbs 22, whoever sows injustice will reap calamity. But Psalms 94 also says, for justice will return to the righteous and all the upright in heart will follow it. Um... So I say repent. If you are called to people, like I said in the first episode, you're called to social justice. I don't care what you do. If you're a social worker, if you're an entrepreneur, it does not matter. It does not matter. The time is now. If you stand in being neutral, then you have chosen the side of the oppressor. God is not just wanting to talk to us all the time about fornication. God just doesn't want to talk to you about your addi- about addictions and habits. God is not wanting to talk to you just about the many sins of um of gossip and lying and so forth. God's heart is a heart of justice. In all of his ways he is just. And in every heart of our of the believer we should want we should desire it should be a passion it should be a topic and prayer that we truly desire to see justice in our lands whether it be in america whether it be in great britain whether it be in tanzania whether it be in trinidad whether it be in jamaica God is calling us. God is calling us. Seek him while he may be found. Seek him while he may be found. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to um, Nathaniel Woods again. A man was lynched yesterday. Wrongfully, but legally lynched yesterday. I love all of you. Um, and I hope you all have a amazing weekend and I hope that all of us find conviction and are gripped by the injustices and the innocent bloodshed that is happening every single day and that we seek God's face as to how we can be vessels to help rectify this situation. And it's not even just a matter of, you know, um, oh, like always condemning America and coming for the government and creating conspiracy theories. 
But every single day, like I said, black and brown people have to live in the terror of the color of our skin. And we need people to be to we need to be fortified, you know? We need a comfort and I believe that God is anointing men and women of this hour um to know how to deal with the traumas, the impact of our of the terror that we face every single day. Um so I hope that you all pray that you aren't just a solution. You may not be called to government. You may not be called to make posts on social media. You may be called to be a mother, a father who simply nurtures traumatized victims, you know. Um, and I say a mother, a father spiritually, not just physically or biologically. Um, you know, you may be a prayer warrior. You may be whatever, however, whatever capacity God has called you to. God is calling you to be a solution. Um, but yeah, I seriously, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Um, <sighs> but I love you all, and like I said, that there is God's wrath, but with His wrath, but following His wrath, there is always His grace and there's always His mercy. We are going to be okay. Um, we have come this far. We're resilient, um, and God is good no matter what. God will be glorified no matter how. Um, but I love you all. And I sincerely do hope that you have, um, a great weekend. Um, and yeah, go watch something, go eat something that makes you happy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I love you all. It's all the saints, aints, and somewhere in between. I will see you guys soon. Love and hugs. Bye-bye.